Welcome to Artful Aging with Amy, where I ask caregivers and professionals the difficult questions that will give you guidance on your life's journey. Support is only one conversation away, and this is your first step. Let's go. Good morning, everyone. I'm Amy Friesen, and this is Artful Aging with Amy. It's gardening season again, and I know many of you are ready to get out and get your hands dirty. I can remember as a little girl, one of my favorite things to do with my nanny was to go outside and help her with her peonies and look at the tulips. And often she would cut some tulips for me to take home. And now her peony bush is in my yard. And so when I get to see that bloom every year, it invokes all those memories. Not to mention, I got specific tulips. She used to always have red and yellow tulips. So those are also in my yard. And it brings such a happy feeling every single year. Many new gardeners were born in the last few years as gardening has positive effects on mental health, including reducing anxiety, connection to the earth, and learning how to be more present. Lana Doss, also known as the Fine Gardener, has spent 30 years in leadership roles in horticulture and now runs her own business where she specializes in horticulture consultations, small space design, and installations growing uh, in containers, as well as live plant workshops and educational presentations. Welcome, Lana. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm so happy to have you. I'm glad that you chose to do the recording outside because it's obviously a beautiful day and, and we'll bring some color of the flowers. And that's also why a lot of us love flowers, right? It's just they're so colorful and especially after the winter and it's usually pretty drab. So let's get some extra color in. Um, oh yeah and I, I i i garden outside but i in my off time i still want to be outside as much as i can wonderful wonderful lana could you tell us more about you and why you've chosen horticulture as a career well it's so funny i was listening to your story about going out with your with your nan and um i got my start early as well i always followed my mom around she grew up on a farm and she always planted uh, flowers every single year. And I think I was the only one of my siblings that ever was very interested in that. So I got an early start by helping her. And then actually as a as an adult, I started working in a garden center. It was just kind of a bit of a fluke summer job. And I loved it so much uh, that I decided to stay. And the more I learned, the more I wanted to learn. So then I took a lot of horticultural courses and I stayed in that industry for a long time. And I spent, uh, well, almost 30 years in retail management. And then I just decided that it was time for a change. And the more I got into management, the more I was getting away from my horticultural roots. So I uh, decided to start focusing on working solely for myself and, and gardening full time for other people. That's wonderful. It's, mm -hmm. it's so, it's kind of similar to my line of work in the fact of what you just said that, you know, you as a career, a lot of us want to advance and do other things. But what I found even in my own career, when I was working in retirement homes, the more you advance and the more you look at getting different um, positions and different things like that, the further away you get from what you love. For me, it was working with the seniors. For you, it's working in the horticulture, you know, directly. Um, and I found that as well. And so I love that you were that you came out and started your own um, business and you're doing what you love. It's the same with me. I started when I started my business eight years ago, right back yeah. into doing exactly what I want, right? And yeah. so awesome. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 
Agreed. Um, I thought it would be a great, uh, great to show folks who might not garden a lot, but may want to a few tips that they could use this year, as well as teach our audience about container gardening. As many of the folks I work with are seniors in retirement communities. So Lana, for those who are unfamiliar, what are some of the benefits that people find from gardening? Oh my gosh. Well, you know what, for, for me, like as I age, I wanted to do something for work that kept me physical, first of all. And it's amazing how in shape gardening keeps me, um, not just physically, but mentally. Uh, I find that anytime that I just go work in gardens, I start to zone out. Um, if I had an issue or a problem that I was thinking about as I start to garden within no time, I completely forget about it as I'm just focusing on pulling the weeds or whatever I'm doing. So physical health, um, definitely uh, mental health, just it's such a great de-stressor. And um, I just find that, uh, I, and I've talked to a lot of other people who garden as well, and they're just genuinely fairly happy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know, I mentioned about working with my mom and helping her, like one of the, um, one of the flowers that I remember she always grew every year was pansies. So this is an example of my happy face pansies. And like, how can you not feel good when you're surrounded by flowers and the beautiful smells and uh, just pretty, pretty little uh, faces like that. So yeah, just, just general overall uh, well-being is just such a, a great thing that I get from gardening and many other people do too. Of course. Yeah. Wonderful. And I, and I've been talking to you and a couple of other folks, and I think I really need to get my green thumb going because I, uh, we're going to talk about some of the other benefits in a minute. But um, I feel like I would, as a business owner, also uh, be able to benefit from some of those you know, aspects that you're talking about. Um, before we get to that, could you maybe let us know what are some of the advantages and disadvantages of growing plants above ground in containers? Because I want to show people that, you know, container gardening is live and well. And, you know, the folks oh, yeah. that can't get out to gardens, maybe, um, are, you know, there's other ways to do it. So maybe you could talk to us a little bit about the advantages and disadvantages. Oh, for sure. Um, so maybe first I'll just, uh, I'll cover some of the, the disadvantages because I can really elaborate on the advantages. Uh, but one thing um, that I can think of for sure is that you, you just have to check on watering more. You may have to water more. Uh, plants in containers will usually dry out faster than if they're in the ground, first of all. And uh, you really do need to make sure that you're using the right type of potting mix as well. Where in the garden, you can just pick up garden soil. You may already have garden soil, but for containers, you really need a special potting mix. And there's reasons for that. And we could chat about that a little bit later. Um, let me think. Uh, feeding as well. So containers will definitely dry out faster. So you need to water more. But as you water, then sometimes you're leaching out nutrients from the pot. So you may have to feed them more to get the same uh, nutritional benefits than if they were in the ground. So on the other side of that, um, for advantages, well, first of all, it's uh, you, you have a mobile garden. 
So if you find that you thought you had enough light for, let's say, tomato plants and it's not getting enough light, well, you can just move. Um, move your containers to where there is more light. So mobility is awesome. Um, for people who have mobility issues as well, you can just have like some uh, plants and containers on a table and maybe uh, you're, you're not very comfortable getting down on your knees and on the ground. So you can garden at a, at a height, which, uh, which is great for anybody with mobility issues. Um, other advantages, uh, very few weeds. Uh, in the garden, you are gonna get a ton of weeds and containers. It's generally not an issue. And same thing with reduced uh, pest, uh, insect pests as well, um, when you're gardening in containers. And then the, you know, the assortment is just endless, like the assortment of styles and colors. Uh, you just got a lot of great options. Those are some really great tips. It's like even just knowing about the soil and things, because again, I, I don't have a green thumb, so I'm, you know, learning as I go. And, and when you said about the watering too, I noticed that I have a basil plant. I always get a basil plant at the first of the year and it dries out really yeah. quickly. So before I can get it into the ground, I'm, you know, watering it constantly, but so many things grow differently and need different waters like from my sure. orchids to my basil are completely yeah. different right so yeah. um are there any certain plants that do better or worse in containers that we should maybe like encourage people to lean towards the good ones that will be you know bountiful yeah oh for sure so and if we're talking plants in general so we I mean, we've got flowers and then we have vegetables. So most of the flowers that die at the end of the season, they're, they're called annuals. Uh, they are well suited to containers as opposed to perennials and bushes that come back every year. So annual flowers are well suited to containers. So you've got a huge variety. Perennials, not as much. So um, any of the, the flowers that you get right now from the garden centers, as well as as it relates to vegetables, let's say, there are definitely certain types that are do better in containers than others. Oh, excuse me, got a little wink happening here. <laughs> and, 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 and this is the thing about outside, right? You just uh, you go with the flow of the, the birds and the, and the wind, but that's another great advantage of gardening. Um, so with uh, vegetables, so if you think, um, you know, plants that are more suited to containers in, in the ground, so you're probably not going to choose something like a corn plant to put in a container. So size, you don't want large plants like corn, squash, pumpkin, that type of thing. Um, so others that do fairly well are tomatoes. Um, within the tomatoes, even there, there are some plants that are really, really big. And if you choose that to go that route with large like beefsteak tomatoes, then you need a really, really big pot. Um, but there are smaller tomatoes like cherry tomatoes, and there's newer varieties of patio tomatoes, which are bred to be fairly contained and just like about pot size, like about a foot and a half high. So those do really well. And Speaking of the patio tomatoes, there's lots of new variety of vegetables that are actually dwarf varieties that do really well in containers. Um, cucumbers is another example. There are lots of new varieties of dwarf cucumbers that do better in containers. Um, so those are just a couple to name a few, but other than that, like um, shallow rooted vegetables things like lettuce uh spinach radish those do really well in containers as well and um, so if you were new to 
to gardening and especially vegetable gardening, start with some of those and maybe start small with maybe just one one that one vegetable this year, maybe like a nice cherry tomato or a patio tomato. And then the others that do really well containers as well, you mentioned you always do a, a basil plant. So herbs are phenomenal. Um, you can add herbs in with your flowering uh, uh, pots as well, or you can add herbs even under uh, a large tomato if you decide to do like a large container. So there's little ways that you can just mix things up and, and make, uh, make your edibles really pretty by adding vegetables to your herbs and herbs uh, to your flower containers. That's um, a really nice um, idea as well. And then, you know, container gardening can be indoors and outdoors. And sometimes what I do for, I have some containers on my patio and just make kind of like an assortment, right? And I put lavender out as well because lavender has been really good for mosquitoes to get those away as well. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned the dwarf tomatoes. <laughs> I grew tomatoes yeah. last year in my outdoor garden and they yeah. were crazy. They took right yes. off. Um, yes. But one of the ones that came to mind when you were talking about it are the hanging basket ones that are upside down. Yeah. Um, how about those types of, are those you know, yeah. easy enough to grow. I, I, th I always found those interesting because it's kind of like coming yeah. down at you instead of coming up, I guess. But so I, I have tried them because I needed to test it and it makes perfect sense. What, what they really love about it is that uh, there's a lot of heat right on their roots. So they're, they're heat lovers from tomatoes from the Mediterranean. Um, they uh, are warm weather lovers. So they love that aspect. The challenge I find is that the, um, those containers that you can buy like that, um, they might be a little bit too small for how that tomato, how big that tomato wants to get. Mm -hmm. So I did actually see a, a, an interesting spin on that where uh, people have taken something like a five gallon bucket instead, like a bigger container and put a hole in the bottom of it and put the tomato in the bottom. And that was, that that had a longer a longer lifespan in the summertime. But for the, um, the other ones that you can purchase uh, at the box stores, um, if you do choose something like a very small variety of tomato, and it will tell you right on the tag, like how they grow, uh, that would definitely be more effective for sure in those ones. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you because it immediately came to mind. I'm a little bit shy about growing tomatoes inside just because every time I grow them, I either pick the wrong variety or they just go bonkers. So yeah. uh, it's a look lot. Yeah, look for one that says patio tomato. I'll give you one uh, particular name that's really common out there. You can get it at most stores, but one that's called Tiny Tim. Mm -hmm. It's a little cherry tomato and it does really well in containers. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Lana, where would we start if we wanted to do a container garden? I know we talked about, you know, soil and water. Is there like, how do I start? I know that, you know, when you, when we grow stuff outside, uh, especially in the spring and especially with food, like vegetables and stuff, we're, we're sometimes we're um, seeding and things like that. So we're prepping all the seeds to bring them out. What do we do with container gardening? Is it just as easy as getting the soil like you're talking about and just picking a smaller variety or is there anything else that we should know? What I would start with is um, look at your space for lighting. And right now it's very cool. You don't want to be putting anything that's a, that's a heat lover outside anyway. So if you've got the gardening itch and you want to do something on these nicer days uh, before putting 
heat sensitive plants outside, then start just looking at your space, looking at the light. So when it comes to vegetables, most vegetables like a lot of sun. So start to assess your, your space that way. If you don't have a lot of sun, like if your space faces north or northwest, that's a, a kind of a lower light area, then maybe um, just opt for you know, some flowers that are shade loving. And again, it'll, they'll, it'll always tell you on the tag. And if you shop at garden centers, there's a ton of knowledgeable staff as well that can help you um, with your plant selection. So I would start with that. Um, if you have containers already, dig those out. Uh, start to arrange them in your space to see how you like that and then start to freshen the soil. For uh, containers year after year, you don't have to get rid of all of that soil. A soil, the soilless mixes that are and potting mixes that are for containers can get quite expensive. So what I usually do is maybe just remove some of that and then freshen it a little bit and mix it all in. So that's another thing that you can start with by getting your containers ready. And then shop with a plan. Like I know many of us just like to go out into the stores and buy what we see that we like, that's so pretty. Um, but uh, the marketing industry and all of the stores know this about us, just like grocery stores. And um, you're gonna buy things that won't necessarily go well in your space if you do, if you shop on impulse. So I would say start to create a plan. If it's for vegetables, consider what you like to eat. So if there are certain herbs, like you like chives, if you like lettuce, if you like cherry tomatoes, um, start making a list. And then the same thing with flowers. If you have a shadier spot, then just start making a note that's okay, I, I, I like these colors. So maybe I want a white and a red for a, a shady spot in morning sun. But so if you make that list, if, just like when you're going grocery shopping as opposed to buying all the junk food, uh, that's not good for you. Um, you'll be buying things that will work well in your space because you've already thought it out. So that's where I would start. And one more thing on that note too, like right now we're in the, you know, beautiful weather. We're having uh, great, great sunny days in Ottawa here. And next week looks even nicer, no rain in the forecast, but we've got some really cold nights. So even though a lot of this material is available for sale for Mother's Day, it doesn't mean that it's going to enjoy going outside and staying out there at nighttime. So I would also just resist purchasing a lot of plant material just yet because we're still going to have some really cold nights and that they won't be very happy with that. That's some great advice. Thanks for that. And one of the other things that came up uh, to mind when you were talking is, do we need to put any um, pebbles or anything in the bottom of our, in our bottom of our planters for drainage? That's a really, really good question. So the one, one concern when it comes to watering in containers outside is whether or not there are drainage holes. And if, let me see the best way to explain this. If your pots are going to be exposed to the sky, so if, there, if we have a really heavy rainstorm and there are no holes, um, then those containers are gonna overflow with water. So no amount of stones um, or drainage is going to help that situation. So I would recommend always having uh, drainage holes in the pot. Like I just happen to have a pot right here. I'm gonna assume that there's 
holes in the bottom. And any pots that are sold for outdoor gardening usually give you the option. They may not come with the holes, but you might see a mark where you, get, you, you actually are expected to punch a hole. So that being said, when it comes to even large containers, I don't, I don't use anything necessarily for drainage um, because I always have drainage holes and that's where the extra water can go. Um, but one thing that I do do is I cheat on the amount of soil that I add into containers because I like to use large ones. And I use um, fillers like empty water bottles or I've actually used pine cones. I've used styrofoam peanuts um, for space fillers in the bottom. So they can act as, as, as drainage for sure, but it's more just because I don't want to fill all those big pots with, um, with uh, stones and a lot of expensive soil. And so I like to use some lightweight uh, space fillers, I call them, because most of the roots of your flowers and veggies are in that top like 12 inches of soil. They don't need to go down two feet if you have really large containers. So does that answer your question? Yeah, that's really good advice. I didn't even consider because because I've done stones before because sometimes you just pick up stuff around life and you're just like, oh, Absolutely. stones in the bottom for drainage. Yeah. But then yeah. like stones and rocks are also really heavy. They and are, it, they are. And it never occurred to me to actually just put some like empty bottle or whatever in the bottom because you're right. You know, most times if you're having those big planters, they don't need all that space, but it's like, right. you know, just for some extra drainage and some extra not, I guess, not using all the expensive soil specifically. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. When I was uh, researching the show, I found it very interesting. Um, there was an article that was targeted at people who do not have a green thumb, like myself. Uh, it was talking about how gardening teaches you how to practice acceptance, move beyond perfectionism, and develop a growth mindset. And to be honest, as a business owner and a caregiver, that appeals to me very much. And it actually makes me want to learn gardening more because I didn't actually think of it because some of us who don't actually have green thumbs or you know are trying our best out there it can be frustrating it can be frustrating for me right and not all the plants take and whatnot but if you look at it in a different way it does teach you you know you know not all if you plant 10 plants maybe not all 10 will take and so you know you have to move with that and you have to understand and you can use different um facets of your life and different learning in gardening as well and that's why it was really appealing to me land i'm not sure if you're a caregiver we actually haven't crossed that off so let us know if you're a caregiver but also yeah. i know that you're a business owner so do you find that gardening helps with these types of behaviors oh my gosh yes and um i'm not a caregiver right now but i've had kids and uh so i give care to my little my kids when they were younger and and now that they're adults I still have to to give some care to them for sure uh, but I but I do work with a lot of seniors as 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 well and some special needs people um, and it definitely definitely helps um, uh, one thing that you were just talking about when you mentioned that it helps with perfectionist tendencies and I think I can relate as you said as a as a business owner um, even before I had my own business, I definitely have perfectionist tendencies and it really does help you embrace failure for sure. Um, it's, it's, I don't know if you've ever heard the saying like 10% loss is acceptable in certain con uh, situations. Um, I'd say it's even more, more than 10% loss uh, when your gardening is acceptable. And 
I have killed so many more plants that you'll, you'll probably ever grow in your life. And it is, it is humbling. And we don't, of course, we don't want to kill live things. It's a, you know, it, it, it's, a, it, it's very sad, but um, it does help to teach you that, yes, this happens and it's okay. And it's not the end of the world. And uh, the other thing about gardening is that it's, it's not an exact science. It, uh, you know, what works for you today may not work tomorrow. What works in my garden may not work in, in, in yours. So all of that together, it really does help you kind of go with the flow and uh, be a little easier, less critical on yourself and on, on others as well, I find. I think that's good life knowledge too. A lot of people say, you know, for social media, for instance, don't compare your life to somebody else's highlight role, right? And it's like, you're right. What works for you may not, I might not be able to pull that off, but that doesn't mean that I can't benefit in a different way or do it in a different way because my, you know, I think differently than you, for instance. And so maybe there's a way that I can do it that really works for my life that looks different than yours, but both are equally successful, right? Um, Absolutely. Do we, uh, before we finish up, maybe, um, could you give us maybe like your top three tips? I know we talked a lot about, you know, a lot of different tips. So just to wrap up today, maybe top three tips for aspiring gardeners out there. You know, what would be the top three things that you would say to go ahead and do? um, Actually, my, 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 my top, top tip of all time, and it may not sound like this, you know, this, this inside gardening, uh, information, but walk your plants, look at your plants often, daily even. And the reason that I say that is because you can catch all kinds of issues. If you're, uh, spending time getting to know your plants and, if you are walking, let's say if it's a garden or even if it's just a, a, a couple of pots, if you are looking at them every single day, well, one, you're, you're getting to know their nuances when you'll notice when leaves turn yellow or look a little sad or you'll say, hey, you know, I, I didn't notice that this is not flowering as much today as it was last week. And then maybe you take a closer look. Um, by doing that, um, you'll catch any issues right away and be able to uh, jump on them and action them. And I would say my other one, I, I know I already mentioned it, but it is so crucial to shop with a plan and um, just resist buying uh, things on impulse. Um, those are the people that end up hiring me to go and fix their garden when they just shopped and put things here and there. Um Gardens are can be so unique uh, depending on what part of the city um, they're in. Uh, some plants are hardier in different parts than others. So just even getting to know your hardiness area and your lighting conditions, what kind of gardener you are, if you're an absent gardener and you do not want to spend any time, like those all all those different conditions require different kinds of plants. So having that plan, knowing your space, knowing what you, you're you looking for um, is key. And then utilizing the garden center staff. It's, uh, it's amazing how much knowledge uh, is there. As I mentioned, I worked in garden centers for decades and the independent garden centers generally have like a core group of people that are there year round. I don't think anybody can hire up enough staff for the demand in spring, but um, year-round there's a core knowledge so that when if you go with your plan and you say you know I, I want a you know a purple pansy um, for this area 
and let's say they don't have any, but a garden center associate should be able to recommend a suitable substitution uh, given your requirements that you have. And within, you know, thinking about knowledge, um, reading the plant tags as well, ton of information on the plant tags. I think a lot of times we see those little tags and we just see, okay, well, it's got the color or the name, but if you turn that tag around, it tells you how high that plant grows, tells you how far to space them, tells you, whether it's full sun, full shade, half and half. So utilizing those those resources, whether it's the staffing um, or the information that comes with the plants themselves, uh, just for that extra piece of piece of knowledge is quite valuable. Wonderful. Well, that is terrific. Could you let us know where and how to contact you, Lana, in case people are interested in getting a little help in their garden or are looking for some extra knowledge? Uh, for sure. So uh, my email address is lana at thefinegardener.com. And I am active on social media. I have a Facebook page, a gardening page, uh, where I share a lot of uh, tips that I come across, a lot of pictures and gardens. So I like to share, uh, share knowledge. And you can find me under The Fine Gardener. And I on Instagram as well as The Fine Gardener. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come out um, and talk to us all about, you know, all about container gardening, but also there's so much extra knowledge you've given us today. And even for me, there's so much value. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Happy gardening. Thank you. Well, that is it for today. I hope that you found value in what Lan and I have been discussing. Get your containers ready, folks. We are on garden season now. Um, if you've liked what you've seen today, please share with your networks. Help others find Artful Aging with Amy. Remember, support is only one conversation away. And from me to all of you, I hope that you have a wonderful Wednesday. Mm -hmm.